0: Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the Gelsnet weekly podcast. Hi there and welcome to this week's weekly JazzNet podcast with your host Colin Armstrong, the only podcast that has peaked the Rangers fan who can't pronounce Pedro Cuxinha. On the, the podcast this week, we've got the the boss. The boss is in, so I need to behave eh, or I'll get my my, my wrist slapped. It's Stuart Franklin, how are you doing, Stuart?
1: Very well. Thanks, Colin. Um, put under the weather the last few days with a cold. Just to do oh, help. But um, the man flu. Uh Unfortunately. Yeah, just in time for going back to work tomorrow. I've been on holiday this week and, uh, and uh, a, bit, a bit choked, but um, I feel a bit better today, thank goodness.
0: Can we call it man flu now, actually, with this gender fluidity thing? Well,
1: I'm definitely all man. I can do <laughs> <say> that. <laughs> that's an exclusive. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. My wife my <laughs> wife might um, beg to differ, but we'll not
0: yeah. Uh, no, ask, no, that's quite a start to this week's uh, show, I must been, I'm quite impressed with that. And going with the gender neutral sort of aspect, we've, we've got a female contributor this week and it's Christine, how are you doing Christine?
2: I'm okay, but I don't know about the gender neutral thing, I mean I'm yeah, all, well, I'm I'm all d- women, if, if Frankie can be all man then I'm all women.
0: Yeah, sorry I didn't mean gender neutral, I meant uh, gender equality.
2: I only get the flu. Don't get you only get
0: the flu. flu. You don't get. You don't get the man flu. No, the man flu is worse. I know because it? oh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a lot worse. It's a lot worse. It's way worse than that normal flu. Uh, it's it's pretty grim. Miss Frankie will tell you. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, a bit, a, a bit of a grim week uh, for Rangers. We're recording this a day later than normal, so we've had a wee bit of time to digest the shambles at Dens Park yesterday. Uh, a really strange week because it all went so well at Tynecastle last week. Put out a big statement, you know, went top of the league, put out a statement that said, you know, we're in this title race, we can win it. And then on Wednesday and on Sunday, we make two bigger statements that sort of suggest, no, (laughs) we're not in this title race and we're we're not going to challenge. So a really, really frustrating week. Uh, So we'll look at that. We'll look at the Dundee game from Sunday. We'll have a wee look at the Rapid Vienna game on Thursday, the final game of the group stages of the Europa League. And we'll have a wee look at some of the, the refereeing decisions that have, you know, the referees have been in the headlines a lot recently. So we'll have a wee look at that as well. So getting straight into it, Stuart, I'll come to you. It feels like a silly question, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, what did you make of the overall performance on
1: Sunday at Denz? Well, it was it was very poor, wasn't it? The first half, not too bad. and um, Just ironically, basically, as soon as... Um, Dundee, you went down to ten men. I mean, we just stopped playing. They um, they, they started to pack the defence, or pack the bus, which is um, which is their right. Um, Aberdeen did the same for most of the game on Wednesday, and uh, we just lacked any imagination whatsoever. And the second half, you thought, well, fingers crossed, we'll come out and do the business. Um, unfortunately, I think did we did have one shot and goal from Ryan Jack of all people, and uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. It was it was woeful. Uh, Wednesday night was was woeful and it's it's very difficult to, to find any positives from the the, the last uh, few days.
0: Yeah, I, and you know what really worries me about this? I, I, I think these performances have, have littered sort of JNR's reign, you know, we had the sort of Livingston game, uh, we had the semi-final against Aberdeen, you know, we've, we've had Uh, Sunday there than the Aberdeen game last week you know if you look through the season there there has been more than one of these types of performances where they've really lacked anything you know side to side all day on Sunday back the way side to side no real forward momentum no real guile or creativity and I think if you have one of those performances sort of 1 in 10 maybe 1 in 12 you can understand that players are human beings after all they're going to feel jaded and tired and Every now and again, you're going to get a stinker performance, but these are happening a wee bit too often for my liking, and I'm I am genuinely starting to get quite concerned about you know the the, the direction of sort of travel at the moment. The Rangers, these performances are are becoming too common. Christine, coming over to you. I don't know how you feel about it, but I've I've, I've found Stephen Gerrard's constant sort of tinkering. He's back for a, a bit, frustrating, especially the central defensive pairing. Do you think he maybe needs to find his best two and just stick with him for a while?
2: I think he does, actually. Um, but then we'll be sitting discussing, well, who are his best two? Um, I certainly have to say that at the start of the season, eh, Goldson and Cattage, I thought, oh, we've got this sorted now. You know, we're very hard to beat. Cattage is even, you know, he was even you know, scoring his fair share of goals at the start of the season, and then he had his injury and not really been the same since. Uh, so I don't know. i Worrell, I'm just not so keen on, and I hate slagging off players. But I think he's made it quite clear that he doesn't really want to be here. And so I would rather he wasn't in the team and give a place to somebody that does want to be here.
0: Yeah, I, 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 find, I agree with you. I thought the, the centre defensive pairing at the start of the season... Goldson and Cattage look solid. I and mean, we had a few games early doors in the European campaign that, you know, we had to deal with a lot of pressure, especially away from home, and we dealt with you know. And I found it strange when Cattage sort of fell out of the team. I think the first game was against Villarreal Allaway. Fell out of the team and they brought in Warrell. And then there's just been, a, it's not even just the, the, the personnel. He's changing which side they play on. You know, sometimes Goldson's on, on the left side, sometimes he's on the right side. And I just always feel the team I always go back to is the team that Big Eck had when we won the title in 2003. And my argument's always been that Rangers won that title with a five-a-side team because they had a solid spine. Kloss, Craig Moore, Amarusso, Barry Ferguson, and Ronald De Boer. That was the, that was the spine of that team. Everyone in and around about it could change, but those five guys, they were in there week in, week out. I just don't see that in this current team. Other than McGregor and Morelos, you know, I don't see anyone in the centre centre of the midfield that's that's dominating games, and a centre defensive pairing. Well, from one game to the next, you don't know who it's going to be. So, yeah, I I, I find it quite frustrating, and I, and and I, I agree with most of what you said there. Stuart, coming back to you, you know, obviously the victory at Hearts last week a real. I mean, me and the, me and the boy were watching it. In the house, and when the final whistle went, with we, you know, proper punch the air stuff, you know, really over the moon with it. Uh, so to do that, and then you're going to lose to Aberdeen, and then obviously the result on Sunday there. I spoke about this before in the podcast, you know, this strong mentality, you know, about being able to play for a club like Rangers. Do you think that's part of the problem with that side? That you know, because I feel. When there's a slight underdog element to Rangers, you know, in Europe and all the rest of it, when there's not that much expectation and there's a feeling that they're up against it, they almost pull a performance out of their ass, you know. But when there's a level of expectation there, a lot of times they,
1: they, they flounder a wee bit. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Um, I think we're still quite a young team, um, not just in terms of age, which they are still young age-wise as well, but in terms of um, young manager, uh, young management team, um, and what the players are young and just as I said we're just developing so I, I, I don't think it's entirely surprising that we're, we're inconsistent um, and I think already this season we've played what 32 games so it's probably not a surprise we're actually looking a bit jaded I think the issue is at that point you're looking to to make changes to the team and the, the manager did that on, on Saturday uh, sorry on, on Sunday obviously and um, this is where you're looking for guys like Lafferty and, and Gresda and Rossiter to come into the team and really do the business and say, hold up, let's, to to guys like Morelos, and uh, I'm I'm here to stake a claim. Gresda to guys like Candias, I'm better than you. I can not just create, I can score goals, I can do it on both sides. But instead, I mean, Gresda, first 20 minutes or so, looked decent. After half time, I mean, I I don't think he, he controlled the ball once. I think every second touch... Was a Dundee player because he just kept knocking it to them. Um, Lafferty is similar. I think the first half he did quite well. Um, second half didn't really get very much service, to be fair to him. But his decision making was, was awful when he did get the ball. He, he, he'd be shooting from, like in the first half, I think he shot from near the corner flag at, at one point. And I'm all for confidence, but that's just silly. Um, Rossiter, I thought, was one positive. I thought he did actually fairly well in the first half. Um, fell out the game probably understandably after half-time, um, probably just tired up through lack of games. But I think in the first half, although Rossiter was probably considered more of a defensive midfielder, he, he got forward quite well. He was actually popping up on the sort of left channel. And although he, you know, a couple of crosses he put in, weren't great? Um, at least he was trying to get past. Um, the, the striker, or at least the the striker, and we've seen him do that at Easter Road at the tail end of last season. When he scored a goal, so um, I think that that was one positive. But generally speaking, the the um, the manager will be annoyed that he's, he's. I think he's got eleven players, maybe thirteen players that that are doing okay, um, but unfortunately, the last two games, all these, every single one of them has, has let him down. And it's not often you a team like Rangers or Celtic. Will, of the, the vast majority of the team play badly, and um, you normally always have one or two players who think, "Well, he did well," and uh, that has, hasn't happened in the last two games, and that's the that's the biggest worry for me. Yeah, I I I, I would agree with that. I mean, that that's sort
0: of following with what I was saying earlier on. You know, these performances are becoming a wee bit more frequent. You know, as I said, when he, when Genard first came in, when they're a runner, good good sort of performances and results. And then I'm trying to, I think the first real bad one was Livingston. That was the first one where we really, really struggled. And then I've just slowly but surely every sort of three, four games, these performances, they tend to be away from home. Uh, obviously Aberdeen on Wednesday was the first one where we, where we felt it at Ibrox. And I, I do, I just feel in general that these performances are becoming a wee bit more frequent. And, and, and for me, that's a worry. Christine. <laughs> I have to slightly disagree with some of the stuff that that, that Stuart was saying there about Rossiter and all the rest of it. I think there's there's a few players now, like, say, Brian Jack, Ovi Ageria, Rossiter himself, even Daniel Candias, you know, who are, in my opinion, decent enough players, but not quite showing enough, you know, to warrant playing for Rangers. You know, I think they're sort of one good game in, in five, if, if that's a good way of describing it. So, do you feel that maybe time? I mean, I know Gerard came out with his, his sort of post-match comments saying that he's trusted some of his players, and maybe he's you know he was wrong to do that. It was almost as if he was saying time's running out, in a few of them. Do you think that's the case? I think there's a few guys in there now who have you know that maybe on their way out, and, and sometime soon.
2: It's hard to know without being inside to Stephen Gerard's head. Um, you know, just who he's talking about in these ones. Um, I think Ryan Jack. I think maybe you'd been been a wee bit unfair in him. I think he can be superb if he's playing in the right role. Um, and he's been slightly inconsistent, I suppose, because of the lack of uh, the lack of games this season. You know, he's been in and out. Um, Sam McAnidis, to a certain extent, although recently, more recently, certainly he's been playing uh, more regularly. don't know it's it's just it's one of these strange things that nobody can quite fathom when you see how good they can be um in some games it's just really inexplicable why in other games and it it, it seems to affect the whole team i mean i think you were saying earlier about the passing back sideways passing and it seems to be all about let's just get it to the wing and cross it into the into the box, and there's your defenders all ready to just head it away, and that's it. And it seems to be the last two games, especially. That's all we've tried. You know that I, 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 I'm struggling to remember a point yesterday whereby we tried something a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm
2: all, get it up to the wing, cross it to the box, and nobody's there. Apart from, as I said, the defenders from the other team. And we don't try and do anything different from that.
0: No, yeah. And that's the that, thing that's I find frustrating. It's just, it seems to me, take one touch to receive the ball move it on. Take one touch to receive the ball, move it on. The amount of times on Wednesday night, you know, the central defenders who had the ball, there was loads of space because Aberdeen were sitting quite deep. There was loads of space for them to run into. And they would run maybe five yards and then stop and pass it sideways. And another thing that annoys me is see anytime the lights of Middleton and, and, and slight defence of any time the lights of Candias or Middleton get the ball, it's never inside the fullback. It's always outside the fullback, meaning that either Candace or Middleton have got to try and beat their man. You know what I mean? What happened to a midfielder's you know, playing a defense splitting pass between a, a centre half and I full back to allow the winger to run on. Yeah, I just—it's just basic stuff. I think, and it's quite frustrating. It really is frustrating, and I don't, as you say, like games against Hearts. I mean, the Hearts game was a great performance. The Motherwell game—I know they were down to ten, but I mean, Rangers were relentless that day. There has been signs that we are, uh, you know, on our day, a really, really good side. So that's inconsistency. That's that's what makes it all the more frustrating in my book.
2: Yeah, I think it's maybe just the the fact that we're. Our expectations are too high. Um, I'm reading somewhere that we've actually got less points at the moment than we did last season. Don't know whether that's true or not. Um, and maybe we're we're still in contention because Celtic are dropping so many points. Yeah,
0: this I time. think that is the case. case. We're not. I don't think we're any better off points wise than we were yeah, last season.
2: We're not. We're not. But it's just, you know, you think even what I've noticed as well is the wingers. They want to stop and get the ball played to them rather than just run into space and collect the ball. They just seem to want to stop and have somebody... You know, maybe it's frightened they get caught offside. I don't know what it is, but it's... Um, no, they're
0: not running in behind. That's, no. that's kind of what I'm talking about. That's you what
2: were, you were talking about, yeah. yeah I,
0: know, you, there's no, no one's playing a ball between the centre-half and the full-back. And maybe that's part of the reason why. Maybe, maybe the... The, the, street, the wingers aren't in the right position. I don't yeah, they know. seem
2: to be holding back rather than yeah. running on to, to collect the ball in front of them. They just seem to stop. i have noticed it a couple of times where the...
1: Sorry to cut a crush Christine, to be fair on, on uh, yesterday, in the first half we, we were playing the, the balls in the channels and in behind. As I mentioned Rossita, uh, Kent got in, in behind a couple of times as did to the goalkeeper made what a, a good save. And obviously the, the, the goal was disallowed. That came from a, a good ball for Tav into a wide area as well. So we were doing the first half. Aye first half,
0: yeah. yeah but the, the second has, half had, no.
1: because there was, Dundee went then went sat so deep. And Aberdeen did the same, even before they went to, to 10 Men on Wednesday. As soon as they scored that they, they sat really, really deep. So that the ball on behind wasn't on. And and that that's what, why we struggled because we were looking to play that ball and we couldn't do it. We did we did try it once or twice. Um yesterday, uh, Jarrah did one that just went out, and then there was one that um, went went through into the the channel for um, Gresda uh, where it came off the the Dundee player's hand which was a clear penalty kick actually Um, and so we were trying to do it, it's just, the, the problem is we don't move the ball quick enough, and because we lose that tempo, teams are they sit in and we're, we're very easy to defend against because we end up as, as Christine says, the ball goes wide it gets knocked in, invariably the cross isn't great anyway and even if it is great, we've only got one man in there against five or six defenders so the odds are um, reaching our player and us scoring an incredibly low so the lack of imagination um, to try and change things is really frustrating for me, I mean on Wednesday and yesterday um, how we finish with Goldson and McCauley on Wednesday, and Goldson and um, Worrell yesterday was, was, was beyond me because as much as Ross McCrory is not a fantastic player and certainly not a fantastic centre half, um, he would have been much better in that situation because he's much more mobile. He could take the ball and he could have uh, ran into the space and, and moved forward quicker as Christine was talking about, and then committed a man from the the, the, the defences, which would then in turn create space for another player like a Gresdar or Candias and and uh, that, that's, that's what frustrated me most is look, we're reliant on a certain half being playmakers and you're never going to win games if you're thinking uh, Conor is going to be the main man to create chances for you. Uh, never going to happen.
0: Overall, Stuart, I, I do think there's a, a general lack of, I don't know if it's a fear, I don't know what it is, but you do, especially in games like yesterday when a team are down to 10 and they're, you know, they're coming into that second half quite fearful. You know, just being brave brave enough to take a man on, as you say, because the minute you take a man on and beat him, then someone else has to move out of position to come and meet you. You know what I mean? So that's the only way, in my opinion anyway, that you you get any joy against teams that are sitting in. You have to actually try and commit them. You know what I mean? You have to go at them. That's playing in front of them, which is what Rangers done on Wednesday night and yesterday, especially in the second half. Just side to side, back the way, side to side out to the wing, winger doesn't get past the full-back, back, side to side. I think teams, if the ball's in front of them, teams will do that all day. You have to find a way to turn defenders and turn full-backs and, and you know create a wee bit of chaos. And I, I just don't think there's enough of that in Rangers at the moment. But, you know, hopefully it'll sort itself out. But I must admit, I'm, I'm, I'm quite concerned at the moment. Speaking of the wingers, uh, Stuart, You know, we've discussed Middleton. He's only young, he's only 18. I think his form over the last couple of months has has dipped. You know, when he first came in, he he really made an impact. Really direct player, going past fullbacks, getting in really, really good crosses. Don't think he's getting past players quite as easy now. And I, I, I felt it on Wednesday night. I was slightly late getting into the game. I got in about 10 minutes after the kickoff. I actually missed the goal. I missed Aberdeen's goal. And the minute I walked in, I felt it. I felt the the tension and the groans and the, you know, and that's when I think it becomes quite difficult to play for Rangers, you know, because you have to be able to, you've got to be mentally strong enough to deal with that. 40,000 people shouting at you to date quicker and score a goal. all that's rubbish. And, you know, I think at 18, I just sometimes wonder, is it worthwhile taking somebody like that out, a situation like that and protecting them a wee bit?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think we're asking far too much uh, at Middleton to, to um, change games when other players aren't doing it for us, more senior players and more experienced players. Um, Mid- Middleton's done fine. Um, I think you used the right word, into it, which was impact. I think is better for the for the bench actually. Um, to be fair, his set pieces are good, but I think he's a much more effective player when he comes on against teams that are tiring, uh, just because his pace um, is is direct, possibly a bit. To one-dimensional at times, um, and I think that that probably cost us against um, Aberdeen and uh, yesterday, who both, both Aberdeen and Dundee, I think the right-backs are, are quite good. Shear is not a bad player, and is it Cammie Kerr that, that plays right-back for, for Dundee, or Cammy Smith, I forget his second name, but I think he's a, a, a tiny player as well, and, and, and it showed Middleton, I don't think he beat him once, um, his crossing was the great, um, and in some respects when Barisic came on they seemed to sort of cancel each other out as well because they were both trying to do the same thing they are both really left footed um, and it wouldn't have been an idea to to put Gresdale on the left side who could have cut inside and gave um, Barisic an an, an out ball and instead To be fair
0: to Barisic I thought he got a couple of good crosses on yesterday.
1: he, He did, he did but again it's the same I mean I think if you're asking a guy that's been out for what three months to come on and change a game it's it's never going to happen it was all about getting minutes for Barisic yesterday and and just hopefully getting the bonus of the the three points as well and and unfortunately that didn't come Um, as I say we're we're now getting I mean who else do you play on on, on the left it's you've got my daughter now Kent uh, was playing yesterday but the manager says he he felt something so that's why he took him off, so he might be out again for another week or two. Um, it, it might well be that we, we we stick with Hardy at left back and play Barisic further forward. Um, I think we also need to decide what Gresda's best position is. Just now he seems to be sort of floating around the, the front line and either one or the other didn't seem to be doing very well on the left side, the right side or centrally. So I think we need to pick one side and and stick him there and, and give him a few points. And uh, so maybe he'll have to play on the left. Candias is probably a guaranteed pick most times on the right hand side, which is fine because I think his his defensive work and his overall work rate is is something that we don't really want to miss out on. Um, it's a shame because if if, if again if the, the rest of the team is not playing well, then he can look weak because he's, as much as he creates a lot of goals, his crossing isn't he, always fantastic. He, doesn't always get the ball on early enough uh, um, at times i think
0: david uh, on the, the pod before had made a good point about kandis as well he'd said that he's quite one dimensional yeah. in, in beating players and I, I think that's a valid point there's been a few times i've seen kandis you know have, have broke up the park and i think he's slower than he looks he looks quick you know because his legs are going and he's quite wee but i've never i, I kind of really recall him you know, in that situation, getting past the fullback and getting the crossing.
1: Th- I think Gerard's always also prefers Candias to play inside um, rather than out wide, sort of hugging the touch touchline, as it were. And I think Candias is better when he does that. I think he's better when he sees the whole game in front of him. I don't think he's as good um, receiving the ball with his back to goal. I don't think he's as good playing inside. Is um, so. I, I think as I, say, I think tactically, the manager's got a few questions to answer and. Um, choosing his right team or his favourite team has to be at the top of that that pile. Um, to be fair to Gerrard, he's lost our field and Morelos, his two best players and for the majority of the last two games, so that was always going to cause us problems in a creative sense. But I, I think um, at, at the start of the season we were all looking for another striker to be brought in. Uh, Lafferty was that man. I wasn't overly confident he would do the business and I, I don't think he has. I think, again, the manager was talking before the game about... Um, discipline yesterday and Lafferty lost the plot yesterday lost the plot completely on Wednesday I've no idea what he was trying to do other than get himself sent off on Wednesday um, clearly the, the, the big lad from Roma has has been a bit of a failure so um, and as much as Mark Allen's done a, a, a fairly good job I think um, I, th- I think we don't have enough creative midfield players we've got five or six decent defensive midfielders but We've only really got our field that can, that, that, that can uh, get, get into the box from deep and, and contribute goals. Ajara has been a, a... Again, he's young, so I, I, I think it's unfair to expect too much of, uh, and to run midfield and to run games. But, I, I mean, he was atrocious on Wednesday and he was really, really bad when he came on yesterday. There was one, one ball he took in at the edge of the box and he just needed a quick simple pass to Barisic a a <laughs> and then instead he slipped and eventually gave away a foul and I just no idea and, and, and to be again it's it's unfair to pick on a young lad because it's symptomatic throughout our team decision making and a lack of composure at times is, is really really poor and I, I don't know if you put it down to naivety or, or inexperience or, or just a general lack of quality it's an issue that's that's came to the fore in the last two games and it's a it's something that the manager and his, um, his staff has got. They've got to fix it very, very quickly. Christine
0: uh, sure mentioned Lafferty there. Now uh, we exclusively revealed on the JailsNet podcast that he was coming back, uh, and at that time, as Stuart pointed out there was a few sort of groans and blah blah blah. I mean, I think he's been, he's done okay. I think he's been quite effective coming off the bench. But I think you'd have to say so far, uh, he's he's moved back hasn't really worked, has it? I
2: think he's been a big disappointment um, to be perfectly honest and I have to say I wasn't his biggest fan when he was here before anyway I mean I was there at Kilmarnock that day when we won the league and it was fabulous that day but in general I wasn't all that hopeful of um, really making an impact with us again and I don't think he has he's had a couple of good games to be fair to him he's been out most of them you know, he hasn't really had that many chances. So he's maybe just not got that much, much sharpness that he should have. But um, I just don't think he works as a lone striker. You know, he can't fulfil the Morelis role I
0: think that's it in a nutshell. No, I, don't, I, I mean, I'm, I would never disagree with that. I mean, in, in terms of, as, as a goal threat, you know, he's, he's, he's not in the same sort of bracket as, as Morelos. However, I must admit, I expected more from him. I mean, I, I, I put an argument up at the time that, you know, he's, it's not just on the park, it's what he's bringing in the dressing room. You know, he knows what playing for Rangers is all about. And he, he has maybe bringing that. That's something we, as supporters, we don't see. We don't see how he is in the dressing room. I think McGregor brings a bit of that as well. But I have to say, on the park, uh been overall been really, really disappointed. I said they a good debut against Motherwell, two goals that day. Uh he scored a couple of games, he came off the bench and scored. I can't quite remember who they were. But yeah, Wednesday night, uh, you know, as as Stuart said it when he came on really disappointed and yesterday same again. So yeah, I I I I agree with Stuart. I think middle to front we need we need a bit more guile, we need a bit more creativity, and that's something for, for, for Gerard and his staff to
2: remember. Remember, though, we've still got you know, we've still got Game Dorrance and Jamie Murphy. Um, I don't know when yeah. those are going to come back, but we could certainly use them as options.
0: I, I, I've actually, I, I was speaking to my boy about that actually because he almost forgot about them because they went out so early, Murphy, you know, and, and I do think that he maybe was offering something that we're missing there. you know, because there's no denying. Uh, the, the the boy was doing well for us, so yeah, there's no doubt about it. We're, we're, I think we're missing Murphy. But while he's out, we need to find other options, you know, because he's not going to be back for a while. So, yeah, disappointing. Uh Stuart, Stephen Gerrard again. After after the game, he was sort of you know he'd made post his, his comments around some of the players were given a chance, didn't take it. You know, he's trusted the players up until now. He's maybe regretting doing that. You know, quite stinging words. Do you think he's maybe
1: in public anyway being a wee bit too critical of these players? It's probably a hard balance to find because you must know that the, the, the fans are, are um, really upset with the last couple of games and and uh, so the, the manager has to be as well. The quality is not good enough. Um, but it's interesting that. As I say, they give them a lot of praise after the Hearts game, and quite rightly so. And I don't know what happened on Wednesday, but the, the, the team didn't turn up whatsoever. Um, actually, you mentioned a bit of tension. Um, when you arrived, you, were, you said you were in, in uh, late on Wednesday. And I thought it was quite tense before the game and completely different from, for example, the European games. And... I think that tension often transfers onto the park and I think that sometimes isn't a big help. Whereas if you, the European games this season, the, the, the support have been incredible, to be honest. And, and I think that, that's helped the players and it has genuinely been the 12th man at times. And uh, I think that was maybe missing on, on Wednesday and it's something that we can look at ourselves. If we want to criticise the players and the manager, then I, th- I think it's only fair that as a support, we, we ask questions of ourselves as well. Um, well,
0: sorry to cut in short, but the guy on, on Wednesday night the guy that sit, sits next to me on my left hand side, now it seems to be a seat I don't know if it's a supporters bus that has the seat it tends to be the same guy most of the time but there's different faces every now and again you know, and the guy on Wednesday for the minute I sat down it, it was nothing, but there was nothing encouraging at all coming out of his mouth you know, he, he didn't offer any support, everything was criticism for the first minute to the last just and the the longer the game went on, the worse it got. The louder it got, the more sort of uh, stinging, you know, these words were. And there was no no support at all. And I think you've got a point. You know, so I think sometimes
1: we need to look at ourselves as, as supporters and ask, what, what are we doing to support the team? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's only fair. I think what what's happened to the the, the club in the last say, six or seven years is is, is unprecedented for Rangers fans and and. For many of the young fans, especially and guys like ourselves, um, who've sort of grew up and and with with uh, nine in a row and what have you, it's, it's a tough spell to go through. Um, and reacting in a positive way to to days like yesterday and days and results like Wednesday is, is tough. It's no easy when you've you've grew up expecting Rangers to win all the time, and 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 we're just a bit away from that, unfortunately. Um, and this is where it comes back to the manager. I mean, um, I mean you mentioned his, his effect on, on the players. I mean, as I said, last last week he gave him a lot of praise. After the game on Wednesday, He criticised him. And interestingly, I thought he, he didn't do the press conference on, on Friday. It was Gary McAllister, so he sort of took himself out of that. So I think he's maybe said to the players, OK, now it's uh, your chance to, to to take the stage, as it were, and, and, and they've let him down badly. Um so now it's up to to, to Gerard and and, and Gary McAllister, especially who's got the experience of winning and losing um, as a player to to really rally the troops and and find improvement and and, and raise morale. Um, and it, they have to do it quickly because I mean you've got you've got Thursday night's game, which is a, a free hit for me. I mean, I think the European uh, Europa League section has been a free hit all the way through. It'd be fantastic if we could qualify, but. Um, we've got Hamilton on Sunday again at Ibrox, and uh, it's going to be a very similar match. Hamilton's going to sit deep, and they're going to pack the defence, and they're going to play for a draw, and hopefully hit on the counter, or score off a set piece, and the fans are going to have to be patient. Um, we're going to have to realise that it's it's not by all means uh, three points isn't certain, and we've got to really back the team. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how what happens. Um, in the event we don't go through in Europe as well.
0: I think if we don't go through, I think majority supporters will view it the way you said there, as a free hat, you know, because that's kind of how I'm viewing it. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of at the stage, I know this is not how you should normally feel as a Rangers supporter, you know, you should always want the club to do well in Europe and go as far as, as we possibly could. But, you know, given the the... The situation that you were talking about earlier on, where we're coming from, you know, the, the fall that we took, coming back from that, I'm starting to get to the, the stage now, I'm wondering if, if this European thing is just a bit of a distraction and let's get it out the road, We've, it's it's helped re-establish us in that, in that arena, a lot of the players in there know how to get through the, 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 the qualifying stages now, It'll undoubtedly help us in the future, but for this season, maybe that's that's enough. Uh, so that that's kind of how I view it, I mean, obviously I want Rangers to go through on Thursday, any game Rangers play, I, I, I want to see them winning, but if they go out on Thursday, I, I, I don't think I would be overly disappointed, I must admit, because I think they have, you know, bigger fish to fry closer to home, if you know what I mean, so that's just my view on it, but I, I, I wouldn't be overly disappointed if they went out on, on Thursday. Right, moving on. Try and talk about something a wee bit more positive now. Uh, that Europa League game against Rapid Vienna on Thursday night. Rangers need to win to progress to the last 32. And of course, if you'd offered us that at the start of the season, way back in July, and we started this European campaign uh, with, a, with a bit in your hand off. Uh, a wee bit of history with, with Rapid Vienna. I was doing a wee bit of research. This is the first time we've played there since 1964, where we, we, we put Rapid Vienna out of the European Cup. Uh, and Jim Baxter famously broke his leg and missed the following round against Inter Milan. Inter Milan uh, won that quarter final. They went on to beat Liverpool in the semi final and they beat Benfica uh, in the final. So, you know, a wee bit of history there over in Rapid. So, you know, hopefully we'd get the same result because because we won that the the last time we were there. So, looking forward to it, Christine. I'll come to you first on this one. We've uh, we've not won a a a Europa League match since the home game against Rapids. You know we've had we've had we've, had, we've not had many defeats. We've only had one defeat, but we've, we've had quite a few draws. You know, given the, the the sort of lack of victories in the group stage, do you think we can get a result in Vienna?
2: Well, I think first of all we have to bear in mind that we were the fourth seeded team in that group, and I think we've done probably better than most of us would have expected, to be perfectly honest, if you compare it with last year's U- European fiasco. Um So I think we can, I think we can, depending on what team turns up, I think we can do it. But um, it's a big ask.
0: Do you want to do it, given the, the, yes. the domestic yes? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm a wee bit like you, it won't be breaking my heart if we don't do it. Um... I, I would prefer it to be down to our result and not, you know, somebody else that puts us out, you know, another game. Um puts us out. I don't know whether that can actually happen or not, or whether it
0: was to I'm pretty sure if Rangers won on either through. three. Yeah, so we,
2: what if we draw
0: We needed well no, if we draw we needed we needed four points from our last two games. So right. if if we if we got the, the win in, in the previous game against Villarreal, we would have only needed a draw. On yeah. Thursday, we've got the draw against Villarreal, so we yeah. need to win. So
2: if we win, we're through. Well, oh, like you, I, I can't ever um, watch a Rangers game and not want us to win it. So of course I'll be wanting us to win it. If we don't, hey, we've given it a good shot and we've done better than we we hoped. We've put a few more million quid into the into the coffers, and um, you know it can. I don't think we can look on. Look back on it as been anything but positive.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've 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 loved every minute of this European campaign. Seeing us back in that arena, uh, you know, it, it was really. I think the group stage has been a wee bit different. I think as Stuart said earlier on, it's been like a bit after the hit. But the, the 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 qualifying stages, so nerve wracking. You know what I mean? But exciting. You know, it was, and when we got there, it was just it was it was just magic. So, yeah, I've enjoyed it and. again like you I hope we win but I won't be too gutted if we don't I've thought of a scenario actually where I would actually be quite happy to see Rangers get beat if it's the final game of the season and Kelly are still in the hunt for the title and we're playing them and if Kelly win they win the league and we root it I would, I would be happy for Rangers to lose in that situation. I must admit that if it stops Celtic winning the league, I would, I would, I would accept it then. But that's the only time I think. It
2: sounds a wee bit like Celtic
0: v Aberdeen last game of the season last oh, year. No, no, they don't. Oh, they, they,
2: they,
0: see, I remember they, they, that one? We, we would lose honestly though. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be yeah. a stitch-up like that was last year. We would, we would lose because Callie would be the better team. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sure. Uh, we've only lost one of our thirteen games in Europe. And that was against Spartak, that fiasco over in Moscow. But tellingly, we've only we've only won five in total out of this game. As, as I said earlier, there's been a, there's been a, a lot of draws, and only one of the victories we've had has, has been in the group stages. I would I would say that that adds evidence to the fact that we're lacking a wee bit in terms of crev- creativity from middle to front. Uh, if we don't get through on Thursday, do you think that's what's cost us?
1: No. No. Oh. Um defending the defending in Moscow is what cost us, unfortunately. Um I think okay, Ibrox fair enough we maybe should have scored um against Spartak and, and probably against Villarreal as well to to to, to uh, take some more points at the group section. But um I, I think that the defending in Moscow was absolutely atrocious and that's what what probably cost us a win as well as poor refereeing. Um clearly the if Morella's goal had stood and we went into half time four two up then it's a completely different game. Um, but no, it's I don't I don't think creativity in Europe's been been a big issue. I mean, it's a it's a different type of uh, uh, game and, and quality than, than what we're used to in domestically. So I think they've done quite well on that front. Um, and I, I'm hoping on on Thursday against uh, Rapid that it'll be a different game as well. I mean, they're not going to sit in. I, I've I'm not exactly sure if they need to win or if a draw is enough for them, but um, I'm, I'm actually quite pleased that we know we have to win. And we don't have to try and sit and look for a draw. and we, we know we need to try and take the game to them and try and take any opportunities that come our way. Our field will be back. Morelos will be back. Um, and I, I'm feeling quite confident, actually. Um, like you guys, if we don't do it, it's not the end of the world, but I definitely prefer we did. Just the feel-good factors, Fantastic for the fans. I think morale is good for the players. Um, not just that. Um, if you're still in Europe after Christmas and we need to sign a player or two, um, I think it looks looks good if if we've got uh, in the latter stages of the Europa League to uh, still be involved in. Yeah, that's a good point. Sure, so, I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah and, and and financially as well. I mean, if you're guaranteed at least one more home game, um, I mean, clearly, Ibrox has been absolutely packed uh, uh, for all the games so far, and and the money that's coming in this season is is the board must be delighted with that. It's a big help, and given our, our financials. One didn't they make for great reading the other week there. Um, so yeah, I think I think we we want to win. Um, it's not like we're we're going to um, go through and then have to play another um, six stage games. We have only got another two games, probably maximum, um, to, to fit in, and I'm I'm sure we can manage that. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hoping we win and. I think we're capable of it. Um, the form in the last couple of games has has been poor, but domestically we've never been fantastic this season. And European we've seen, European matches have seemed to sort of take it up a level. Uh, the, the way game a Moscow aside. So
0: fingers crossed we we can do it this week. You're getting me up for this next year. I was I was kind of approaching it and I, well if we get through if we don't I'm not really that bothered. Now, you've got me all fired up now. I'm ready to go and it's only Monday.
1: I did say I was all man, mate.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> will. I'm not going to disagree. Uh, <laughs> uh, Christine Stevie G said on Sunday, you know, again going back to his post-match comments that you know he was sort of quite critical of some of these players, and he, he sort of made a comment along the lines he would have to pick a team on Thursday that that he thought he could trust to do the job. So with that in mind, you know, who do you think he's going to go with?
2: Well, I guess it's would say McGregor.
0: Yeah, in, in <laughs> that's, every a me, no, that's
2: a wee joke. <laughs> um, I think his central defence is going to be telling. I think going I think he'll go for Col- uh, Goldson and Macaulay
0: You think so? I, 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 to be honest with you, I know he's. I know he's quite old, but I, uh, I've been quite impressed with Macaulay
2: mm-hmm,
0: Me too. Uh, I, I. I would. I would like him to go back and try the the, the Catech Goldson. I
2: I don't yeah. think he'll do that for Thursday.
0: No, no. But I'm I'm talking. I'm talking. Yeah. Also, would I? Yeah, but,
2: but if we're talking about Thursday, um, Tav's obviously in there. Um, left back's going to be interesting, isn't it? Um, so
0: it's another position he thinks about about too much. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think, well, I think it'll be Halliday or Barisic, but whether Barisic is fully match fit or not to be able to, you know, go 90 minutes is debatable. Um, I think maybe Ryan Jack will play. I think uh, Morelis. I'm, I'm trying to get the, the easy ones here. Um,
0: I think Candias will be in there. I
2: think, but I, think I think he'll put Kent in as well and i th- probably put Ajaria in. I, I just think he's got a wee...
0: No, no Ajaria.
2: Oh. I know. Well, I don't think so either, but he seems to...
0: Have a real high regard for it, Ojaria. Yeah, Ojaria. Ojaria. I, I just, I, I mean, I, I think it should go with. I think I would go with a midfield three and maybe Kulabali, Jack, and Arfield. Something like that. I just, I, I need to keep Ojaria. <laughs> <That laughs> team, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you, you get dizzy watching them, you know what I mean? He just goes around in circles. I yeah, it does. Yeah. That's that's just me. I think and I think obviously Morelos will start. I, I am yeah. not sure about Middleton. I don't know if he'll, he'll go with Middleton, but I think Andy is I think he'll go
2: with Kent.
0: Well it depends if if he's saying that he, if if he felt something on Sunday. You know, if oh, he did say that, week, sorry, I did uh, have... Was not up to date with that. Stuart was saying on, he, that's why he took him off. It. He felt a wee twin. So I suppose it depends how how she, that is. But I would like to see Kent in there. But yeah, as long as McGregor's playing, I think we've got a chance. And Stuart, coming back to you, I think you've already answered this. If if, if we don't, you know, if we don't make it through, we'll, do you think it's the Moscow games that of course is?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously. The- the game at Ibrox, I think, um, I think we played fairly well um, without being outstanding. Um, perhaps did enough to win the game, um, but unfortunately, the the away game over there was just it, it was incredible that that match. To be honest, it was it had it had everything. Um, unfortunately, the, 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 it was just the defending that, that let us down, and, and as I say, the the, the match officials uh, as well. To be fair to the the team is if, if we go in 4-2 up at half time as we should have been it's a completely yeah active. I think the game's done, no, it's done. I think it would have allowed the manager to make a, a change I think he'd have probably one on another defensive midfield player um, I think even with the, the two sort of the third and the fourth Spartak goals being within like a minute of each other I think that even then if that hadn't happened I think he would probably would have changed the game he changed the team at uh, three each and tried to uh, to, to, to see the game out and and, and grab a, a winner ourselves but unfortunately they scored two goals in quick succession and, and that sort of meant that Gerard had to try and keep the same team and try and get back into and grab a goal and by that time would sort of blow herself out. But even I mean even in the last few minutes we were unlucky you not know, to score Katic hit the post didn't he? so um, we were unlucky and it was the same I think the, the Villarreal game at Ibrox was, was a bit different. I thought they played quite well I was quite impressed with them They looked after the ball very well, and and, uh, and obviously the the, the Candia sending off completely changed the the, the, the way that game. uh, Yeah,
0: that's a point. Is Candia suspended for
1: Thursday? Um, I it will be. I'm assuming I because we didn't appeal it, did we? So yeah, he will be. So. that'll be interesting in, in, in that case who he goes with I mean I, I think there's a certain to, to start again I mean I think we've got to persevere with him and keep playing him and try and get him up to, to, to match sharp, sharpness which I think he's probably still lacking Um, I, th- I, I, I wonder if he'll play Lafferty on the left hand side then uh, with Noelis up top Um, I think Lafferty is sometimes better coming off the left hand side Done a lot of good work for Hearts in that position so um, especially the, the fact the game's away from home so we, we, we do have a couple of options there. Um, again, I think I mentioned Della. He might want to go with Halliday or at left back and and play Barisic further forward. Um, he might, might well do that. So we've certainly got options whether DS is available or not. So um, in, in terms of the original question, yeah, I think I think it's the, the, the startup games really that's that, that's cost us. Um, but it, it's hard to be overly critical. I mean, as I say, what. We weren't expected to to do anything in this section. Christine pointed out we were the the, the lowest seeded team, so it was to, to to be and with a shout. I think if we had been told that we'd um, have a chance to win this game and qualify, we'd have would have um, all been happy with that. So let's just um, just be let's just be happy with that and let's let's support the team on Thursday and and, and there's a huge support going over. I think I read somewhere there's maybe ten thousand Rangers fans going over to Austria for the game, so it's going to be fantastic over there. I wish I was gone. Um, and uh, these guys will get behind the team and I, I, I sincerely hope our, our form's better and uh, doesn't matter who plays, that um, they do the business and, uh, and, and and come away with the three points. Uh, probably a draw is the, if you're a gambling man, the draw would probably be the best bet, but um, I don't see any reason why we can't do it. Just need to have that belief and and an ability and, our, and our, um, ability, and I think that's what's been missing the last couple of games, and that's where the manager and the senior players have to really um, apply that to, to the players that, that lack that self-esteem and, and, and say, come on, that's you can do it, and, uh, and we can do it. I
0: think the game might suit Rangers because I think it falls into that category that we are talking about earlier on. You know, there's no pressure on them. It's a free hat. you know, it's all, it's all positive if they can do it. They've got a, a chance to really make a name for themselves because you're right at the start of the season when they've bit your hand off for this. You know what I mean? We would have been happy just to get to the group stages. And as as, and as you, Christina, pointed out, we we're, were were four seeding the group and we're going into the last game with a chance of qualification. So, you know, I think you have to be happy with the campaign overall. But if you go through, you know, based on your sort of rousing speech, you've got me right up for it. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd be delighted with that. Right, final topic for this week, and it's it's the one that everyone's talking about. It's the referees. Uh, it's just been a horrific season for for some absolutely shocking decisions. So we thought we would have a wee look at that. Uh, Christine, another uh, shocker on Sunday with Lafferty's goal. You know, people people are arguing that you know these things, you know, le- level themselves out, and I suppose you could say that because we got one the week before we the Morelos. But I, always, I always think it's worse. See, if, if they don't see something, because, you know, everyone was going on about the Morelos one against Hearts being blatant, but not one not one of the commentators commentating on the game said, oh, that was offside until they saw the, the, the slow-motion replay and then they're like, oh, he's offside, he's offside. So it looked to me like that was a fairly easy one to miss from an official point of view. The one eh, yesterday at Denz Park you know, that's, I mean, Lafferty's behind the ball. You know, it's it's a shocker. It's an absolute shocker. Uh, is this, in terms of the seasons, is this the worst you can remember for, for referees getting it wrong? Because I have to admit, I, that's how it feels to me. It seems to me every week the performances for referees are shocking. And some of the decisions are coming away with are, are laughable.
2: Yeah, I think probably there's been much, a much higher profile with the mistakes, I think we've always had had mistakes, but there's so many cameras, etc. And the likes of yesterday, I mean, the lanesman was so far behind the ball as well. Um, you know, when you saw his positioning, um, you had to wonder, well, how is how is he in a position to see?
0: He guessed. That's what on done. Uh,
2: yeah, and you know, it's just not good enough. Um, but there has been, I mean, there's been some absolute. Dinkish, um, even just the last few weeks you know yeah I didn't see the one that the Hearts penalty against or the St. Johnson penalty rather well, that, that, that's, against Hearts, that, but from what, what? everybody's saying it's a complete joke and that the referee's the only person that seems to have seen something and he also did it Andrew Dallas he did it and I think the, not that I watched the League Cup final but apparently he got one very wrong in that one as well so, but I think you know sometimes it's 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 a wee bit unfair because they they only have the benefit of the one you know seeing it in real time, um, and depending on what angle that the referees at, you know, it's not always possible to, um, you know, make a decision. I, I but he's, he's got yeah. his two officials as well that should be helping him here.
0: But you're saying they I would agree with that, but that's to me, that's what makes some of the decisions even worse because, like that one yesterday, as you said, that the linesman's a good three, four, five yards behind the play. So he's not in a position and to, to make a call on it. And what with the, with the golden rule is apparently, if you don't see it and you don't know, you can't make a decision on it. So if he can't make a decision on him, you know, side or not, he has, to, he has to keep his flag down. And I'm honestly of the opinion. The atmosphere was quite tasty for in the first half yesterday, especially after the sending off. And that stand behind that goal were particularly vocal. And part of me wonders if he just thought, I need to stick this flag up in case I've got this wrong. You know, so it was a guess. I need to stick this flag up because if I've got this wrong, all, all these supporters are going to be giving me dogs abuse. You know what I mean? And I, I just wonder if that has influenced the decision because he wasn't in a position to make the decision. To me, he made, he guessed it. That's what he'd done. I've seen that a few times this season where you think that referee or that linesman has not seen that. He has just taken a guess. And that I think that's the fundamental problem.
2: Yeah, I think you're definitely right. Um and I think, you know, you're you're probably quite right when he was saying that. That was maybe what happened to Rangers last week. It's gone through his head and the abuse that the the linesman got and he just thought, Oh, yeah, no, that's a great point.
0: It's not fair enough. us. <laughs> no, it's no, No, absolutely not. Uh, sure, how do, how do we fix this? You know, I, I know Christy makes a good point about, you know, there's more focus on the referees. And that is valid. You know, you've got cameras uh, in every bit of the stadium these days, picking up every angle. And, and so there's more, there's more scrutiny when referees get it wrong. I don't think referees 20, 30 years ago were under the same amount of scrutiny that still doesn't excuse some of the decisions in my opinion so, so, so how do we fix it how do we get better referees investment
1: these guys are part time so of course they're not going to be fit enough to keep up with play the guys that are earning 20 grand a week training 5 6 days a week so until you pay these guys decent money then you're going to have substandard officiating I mean let's let's go into the words. The, the, the referee and, and the guys that are the assistant referees are absolutely appalling name me one good referee in Scotland I okay, can honestly there you go I would say the best of the, ba- the best of the bunch right and you're going to laugh and I' don't believe you're laughing as well Oh call him and oh, <laughs> oh, oh. The fact, well the fact that we're la- is that that like your reaction says it all but he is the best the, the best we've got and, and he's no good enough is that the statement Rangers released was right people of course jumped on it and said that Rangers were saying he was biased against us the one not saying that they were saying that the fact that he's, he's got a history of Acting the way he does, is the way he dishes out the cars, he doesn't take time to think about it. Um, it just goes ahead. He's already got the card out before he approaches the player. That he does this for every team, and there isn't any bias involved here. There's no masonic conspiracy. There's no uh, Peter Lawwell paying off uh, referees to, to 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 give goals um, offside against Rangers. They're just rubbish for every single team because they're rubbish. They don't get paid enough. You're only part time, and uh, so until you give the guys decent money, make them full time, then you won't get a, a, a good enough standard. And uh, I mean, you can point to England, the guys are the, the officials are full time down there. I don't think they're all that much better, but they are better. So I think it's it's one step. I think you have got to mention VER next, I'm not convinced by that, but it's another way to invest money and to help these guys. Christine mentioned the fact that we've got the benefit of the replay after replay from angle after angle. These guys didn't have it. So um, I've got a lot of sympathy with them. I don't think they're good enough, but I sympathise. I mean, how, as, as a linesman, you, how can you look where the ball is and look where the man is? Your eyes don't operate independently of each other. So it's it's impossible. So anyway, so it's you've got to help these guys out. and If it means technology, as long as the technology is used the same way for every team, then it, it might well be the the the, um, the the way forward. Certainly on a trial basis. Why not? Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you when
0: you were saying you you know you've got sympathy for referees, and I don't think any of us can deny it. it's a difficult job, right? But it, it comes back to that thing I was talking about earlier on when when you know they can't see it, you know they're they're guessing, and that's where I think. That's when I get frustrated with him. You know what I mean? I just think, you can't see that. You're just going on a guess. And and I think Willie Collins is one of the worst for it. I think he's done it a few times, you know. And that's when I get frustrated. If they can't make a call, don't make the call. You know what I mean? Don't say, oh, I've heard the crowd roar. I've heard this. I've heard that. Players are in my face. If they can't see it, they shouldn't be making that call. And I think you find that when they are getting scrutinized, you know, by pundits and all the rest of it, you hear a lot of pundits say, the referee's position, he can't see that. He can't give it. And that's where I get frustrated. That boy yesterday could not see if Lafferty was offside or not. So he shouldn't be giving it. He should not be sticking his flag up. And that's where the frustration comes from me. That's, that's when I get annoyed. But I, I agree with everything that you've said there, especially the part about it's a difficult job. But it's how they're handling that difficult job, I think, that, that frustrates a lot of supporters. You're right, though, Stuart, I'm going to raise the V-word here. I'll, I'll put it to the two e's. It, you know, VAR has been introduced. I think I've, I've stated before on on the podcast that I'm not a big fan. It's been introduced to the Premiership next year, I believe. That BT have sort of cheekily offered uh, the SPFL, they, they would, the, the, you know, offer off cameras for VAR for for the SPFL. Is it time for it to be considered up here, Christine? I'll come to you first.
2: I think anything that helps um, reduce the, the amount of controversy there's been. Um, then yeah, I would say why not, if it's affordable. Probably isn't, but um, as long as the you know, it didn't take too long in between, you know, whoever is having a look at it, um, and spoil the game. But it didn't seem too bad in the World Cup when we're doing it in the World Cup, so um, I'm all for it using technology if it's if it's gonna help right wrongs, then fair enough.
1: Stuart, how do you feel? To be honest, I didn't really know enough about it. Um, I was on holiday um, when the World Cup was on, so I didn't see all the games. But I mean, it, it's it, was there video screens for the fans to see at all of the games? Because clearly we don't have that in Scottish football. We didn't have it at Denz Park. So for example, taking that decision, uh, they, they go um, the disallowed goal yesterday, the fans wouldn't know. I mean, the, the referee would stop. He would go to his fourth official... Or whoever uh, the, the VAR guys, and then we'd go and view it again, and then you would obviously have allowed the goal, um, but the fans wouldn't have seen it. So can you imagine the, 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 the outrage if 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 um, the, the the opposite had happened? And we had you know it, it's fans need to be able to see, so you need to have the screens there. So there's more investment, and Dundee didn't have the money to to put up big screens. So they'd have these temporary ones brought in? Who pays for that? Um, I, I'm. A, I also think that, I mean, you're, so you're only going to have it in the, the, the SPFL Premiership, you're not going to have it in the leagues further down. I don't think that's fair. So, what happens like in the FA Cup and the League Cup, things like that, when uh, lower league teams, the game's live on TV? Do, do they have it because BT's covering it or Sky's covering it? Do they not have it because other teams don't have it? There's seems to me there's a big debate to be had. Um, generally, I would say I'm in favour. I, 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 I'm not a big fan of tinkering with the rules of, of football. I think uh, the sport survived 150 years uh, without much changes. And um, at the same time, there's nothing wrong with trying something out and see if it works. Um, on the basis of yesterday, it would have been positive for us. So, I guess, um, yeah. But on, the,
0: but on the basis of last week, it would have went against us.
1: Yeah, well, that's yeah. fine. That's that's the nature of the beast. So that's I would, I, would, I would rather I would rather have won. Honestly is the wrong word, but won correctly yesterday. And I would rather have drew correctly last week. At the same time, that, that, bad decisions is part and parcel of the game. It, it creates controversy. It makes people talk about the game. It, it's it's So do, do you want to take that away? Do you want to sanitise the game completely? That every decision is um, observed after the fact. And then you have to every, every tackle or that should be a booking, that shouldn't be a booking. Mistakes happen. Without mistakes, it wouldn't be a very fun game. And but at the same time, um, I, th- I think Gerard's mentioned it. Um, Craig Levine's mentioned it. There's people's livelihoods at stake here, and um, so there's clubs' finances and futures at stake. So I think it's important we get these decisions right. And um, I, I'd I'd, say I'd much rather we got the three points, knowing that our goal was onside, and. I think it's as, as simple as that at the end of the day.
0: I think you've raised a, a valid point there about the, 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 fi- the financial aspect and the, the, the impact that it has on clubs. And that's why there's so much controversy now. You know, again, 20, 30 years ago, when there wasn't so much money swelling about, I think people were more prepared to take decisions. Certainly, I, I, I spend many an evening sitting watching old sort of Rangers games for the 80s and stuff like that. And you see decisions. You know, oh my God, how is that not a penalty? And then after it, Archie McPherson doesn't he spend 10 minutes, you know, going through the decision and how it wasn't a penalty. The ref doesn't give the penalty. That's a decision. You know what I mean? And I think money has, has changed that because, as you say, there's so much, you know, there's such an impact in terms of the finances, you know, if a club goes down or whatever based on these decisions and managers getting sacked. So people's livelihoods are, are involved in this. And I think that's what's ranked it up a wee bit. You know, that's what's, what's, that's put the pressure on referees, when you add the fact that we get 50 replays from different angles, you know, people within the game, managers and players, have got more evidence to say, you got that wrong, you got that wrong, you've got that wrong. So I, th- I think that's what's, what, what's raised it, but in, in terms of VAR, I'm with you, I, I'm, I'm not in favour of thinking about the game too much. I think in a lot of cases, all VAR does is add an extra layer of the decision-making process. So someone thinks, well, that's a foul, and it goes to someone else, and he says, oh, no, it wasn't he. And you're sitting there watching the telly, going, well, actually, the first decision was right. You know, there's, there's still decisions that you're never going to get total agreement on, and that's where I think VAR ultimately fails. You know, you could watch the same clip 100 times with 100 different people in the room, and you'd get 100 different opinions. So that's I, I like the goal line technology because that's clinical. That's bang. There's no dubiety about that. It's over the line and it's not over the line. I don't think Bar has that. I still think there's a, a large grey area and therefore do we really need it? Does it actually improve things? I don't know
1: if it does. But that's why we test it. Let's let's give it a go. Let's do it for a season. Or let, you know, so let's let's see if it works. Um, if it doesn't work, if it if, if there's too many faults and I agree with what you're saying, I think I mean if, if I think the referees are poor already, then well, having another two sitting in the stand examining the, the footage doesn't necessarily mean we're going to still get the right decision, I mean I think even in the World Cup I think there was times that the, the referee was felt probably felt it was under that much pressure watching the replay that he had to change his mind when he probably got the decision right, I mean I'm talking for, 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 for it, happened, it
0: happened in the final Stuart, there was a penalty decision in the final that the referee called right, the VAR referee said you need to take another look at this he knows when he's looking at that replay the whole world's watching him you know what I mean, and I do think he he felt pressurized into changing his mind, and he was right with his original decision.
1: Yeah, because it's almost psychological. But and the other hand, in, in rugby, I mean, I've been watching some of the the internationals recently, and, and obviously the, the Six Nations in the last couple of years, they they've had the um, the the the, uh, the the TV referee for a few years now, and it seems to work very well in rugby. Um, and, and I don't think it's not. It certainly isn't perfect. Um, but I, th- I think if I think it's worth looking at, and I don't think we'll lose out by doing it, and certainly, at the very least, you can see it. Well, we've done it for six months. We've done it for a, a season. It hasn't no worked. This is why it doesn't work. The decisions haven't been improved. It's too expensive. Let's just move on and leave it the way that things are. Or you can see well the decisions have been improved. The managers are happy. are happy with it, so it's worth the investment. So let's give it a go. I don't think we've much to lose.
0: Right, that's all we've got time for in this week's Net Weekly Podcast. Thanks for joining us and thanks for listening in. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to spread the word, tell everyone about us, Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channels or whatever forum that you're listening to on. And again, feel free to get in touch with us and pass comment as long as it's constructive. A big thanks to Stuart and Christine, uh, our guests tonight some some top stuff from both of them big thanks to our audio engineer graham who i know is listening in and it's always he's always good for a laugh graham uh we'll show next week obviously we've got the game on thursday against rapid vienna and we've got the game at ibrox on sunday against hamilton so there'll be a show out next week about that i think ross is hosting in the meantime get yourself onto the jers net forums at www.jersnet.co.uk lots of stuff on there lots of articles there was a really good one about uh, Alfredo Morelos last week trust me get on that get it read it was an absolute belter there's also the forums get on the forums chatting to lots of Rangers fans like-minded people it's all good and it's all fun what else do you want people what else do you want so until next week thanks for joining us